When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. I am currently watching the uh, Coyotes-Kings game right now, and um, they are getting in a nice little tussle in the corner here. Nice, big group of them just pushing and shoving each other around. It is very on par for uh, the Coyotes playing the Kings, and I kind of expect some more of it tonight. Um, But with me to talk about that and, uh, you know, the Coyotes actually winning games for once is my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing, Richie? Hello, Corey. I am not able to watch the game tonight, as we have been over on the show before. I do not have access to watching any Bally Sports Arizona broadcast. So you're going to be my eyes and ears on the game as we record during the game tonight. And I'm, I'm just here. So I'm just here to have fun. That's what I'm here for. You're here to have fun. Well, it's funny. Scotty and I were actually talking this over. Uh, DirecTV has a streaming service now that it's like, I think it's like $84.99 and you can do like a DirecTV streaming service and you can get Bally Sports on it. And I told him if Hulu starts raising their prices anymore, I may have to move to doing that just so I can get Bally Sports because like... Fuck this. It's starting to get insane with Hulu. It is. They're raising their prices again in December. Like, I get it because, you know, inflation, everyone's kind of raising their prices. But I just feel like they have been so consistently raising their prices. It's been insane. When we first started doing it, it was pretty low. It was like 40, 50 bucks. And we're now up to like 75 or some shit. So I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, Hey, I may have to actually move to something else if that means that I can watch all of my Coyotes games and all of that stuff. Luckily, um, my parents have DirecTV, so I I am able to watch some of the games, you know, um, with them and because of them and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous the fact that. N- so many people can't actually watch Bally Sports games. It's some bullshit, if you ask me. But, um, you know, to not go on to that a little, you know, as we always kind of, I feel like, do, we bitch about it all the time because it's just some dumb shit. Um, I kind of wanted to go into something. I had, I had tweeted out on Twitter um, a photo of a card that said, blank inside 
and made a little joke about how that is how all Coyotes fans felt as soon as they were told the team was going to be going through yet another rebuild. And uh, Richie and I were talking about it before the podcast began. And I said that, you know, me and and, and my fiance have a very, um, very strong, I guess, opinion on something. And I was wondering if you had the same. And uh, we, I used to do these things called late night ponders. And this is kind of my, um, my, my podcast ponder for you all. We went through uh, probably 10 to 15 cards. And out of those 10 to 15 cards, all of them were crazy, over-the-top, like, sappy, the whole... You know, this is forever and obey each other and um, forever and ever and always. And like, it was literally like, you know, a Taylor Swift song on roids. And I mm-hmm. just thought to myself, is there any person out there that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm getting married and I, and I love my fiance and I want to be with him forever. However, that just makes me cringe on the inside. The ones that are just so over the top that are either like, you know, you, I don't like anything that makes it sound like you are, you know, signing the deal on a car (laughs) or someone just ran over your puppy, you know, like they're so overly dramatic on everything. Be like, you know, we're just getting married. It's not like. You know, it's a it's a happy affair, but it's not something that has to be that dramatic and over the top. Am I the only one that feels that way? I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. I was I was actually talking to somebody at Sprouts the other day about greeting cards because we have them at the at, at the Sprouts. They're also really expensive. Number one, they're like four dollars a piece. I'm like, holy crap! Why are they so expensive when I can just email you? an e-card for free most of the time. And it essentially has the same, <laughs> the same effect, but I agree with you. Mo- there are too many cards out there that are too sappy and it is, I, it is time to reinvent the greeting card as we know it and make them more fun. Well, or just make them more personal, like, you know, like more in the fact of, you know, we're so excited for you guys. It's such a great adventure. You guys are going on it doesn't have to be so signing your life away is what they make everything sound is like it's so like uh, this eternal bond and like it just it like we're doing some type of like blood oath, you know, it's some <laughs> weird shit. I feel like when I was reading these and it's not that I don't take marriage seriously, I very much do. It took me, you know, uh, 10 years in a relationship here to even get engaged. I take that whole commitment thing seriously, but at the same time, like, why put it that way? I just, it's one of the cringiest things. I feel like it's so out of date. Marriage itself has changed over the generations, but the one thing that hasn't changed is the cards. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, because they know they can make money off of it. And so they're just going to keep churning out the same cards. Can you imagine, like, Hallmark, which is the big card manufacturer, I'd say, right? Um, The most well-known, at least. 
Yeah, for I most would people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like working for those companies and being the people that have to come up with the sayings and the and and those cards. Can you imagine working in, for them and doing Can that? Can you imagine being the person people that come up with their movies? <laughs> no. Hallmark Channel movies are some of the most like over the top, sappiest, over dramatic movies there are. Luckily, they're you know a lot of times they're pretty feel good. Um, Scotty's mom has a like a huge habit of watching them every single Christmas. She watches all the Christmas ones, and every single time we walk into the house and his dad is going, she's watching another Hallmark movie again. And Scotty always ends up making fun of it. And, you know, there are people that, that love that stuff too, but I don't know. I just can't get that um, emotional all the time. I, I feel like that would be exhausting. Well, I, I consider, I think the Hallmark movies all have the same exact plot. They just swip swap the actors in and out in every one of them. Good point. You know, it's like they're all the same, which is like they are, they have uh, the family and the Christmas and, and they're getting ready for the Christmas. And then there's an infighting, some infighting amongst the family during the Christmas. And so they're like, oh, this is stupid. And then they like, there's some like drama going on. And then like the, the husband and the wife are like, oh no, what do we do here? And then they like. Like, oh, fine, blah, 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 blah. And then and then all of a sudden, like, a ghost shows up in the middle of the night. And they're like, hey, here's what Christmas is truly all about. And they're like, you know what, random ghost? You're right. And then everybody sings Kumbaya at the end. I was about to say the dad is always like an Ebenezer Scrooge type character, right? And he's always like, I don't care. This is what I want for my child. And then, and then, then you're exactly right. And then you went straight down the whole like Christmas Carol like route, right? Isn't that one? Isn't that the one? Like, That's the one right? with the ghost. Yes. Okay. Yes. Whew. Thank God. I was like, I hope I didn't get this one wrong. Um, I never actually watched that. I watched uh, the the Ducktales version of it. So <laughs> I, never, I never actually watched the actual one. I just remember it from um, you know Ducktales. So. Um, yeah, it's it's they all are very similar. And I mean, they all are very feel goody, so I'm glad that, you know, people can enjoy them for the good at good feel good aspect of it, but at the same time, I just I don't understand the whole thing. I will say when it comes to um the uh the cards, I do like that they are starting to get better with the whole like, you know, two brides, two grooms, but they only have maybe one or two of those. Yeah, I think there was, I remember there being a big story a couple of years ago when they did that for the first time. And, um, and good for them that they're fine. They're finally changing. Let's see here. I want to look it up here because I'm going to continue on this road because it's like starting to fascinate me here. Okay, here we go. Hallmark Christmas movies, 2021. Okay, we're going to look this up here. Uh, movie checklist. Okay, holiday this movie just as good as when you read the Sockeye series. 
I, I think it is. Okay, I want to read the descriptions. Okay, all new countdown to Christmas. Okay, here is one. Wait, hold on a second. There's one called the Nine Kittens of Christmas, and one of the actors in it is Brandon Routh. Okay, first of all, just because it has cats in it doesn't mean you're going to want to watch it's it, It's cute. Look, it's so cute. But Oh, we've okay. lost you. You've bought into it. You have officially <laughs> bought into it with the kittens. I okay, love, I love so Camille Caustic, and she was in, I don't think it was a Christmas one, but she was in a Hallmark movie. I still haven't watched it because I, I'm not buying into it, Richie. You bought into it just off of kittens alone. Because there's cute kitty cats in there. Here's a description mm-hmm. of it. It says cat lovers Zachary and Marley are thrown back together at Christmas when they're tasked with finding homes for a litter of adorable kittens. The, okay, is there uh, someone that's like Cruella de Villish in it? Like trying to take those kittens and make a fur coat out of them? That's I don't, hopefully not. That's really mean. But there's got to be a villain in there, so you didn't it wouldn't be surprise me. About hundred and one Dalmatians. No, no. Wow, soulless. <laughs> Here, uh, here's another one. There's another one called "An Unexpected Christmas." This one stars Bethany Joy Lenz, who, if you're like me, and has watched One Tree Hill, she of course is from One Tree Hill. Um, the explanation for this one is a writer convinces his ex-girlfriend to pose as a couple for Christmas. I swear, this is exactly what I was describing earlier. <laughs> yeah, it basically is. Yeah. All right. There's a few more here that we can go through. Cause there's some, there there's are some a here. lot of them that are very much the uh, whole thing of like, Oh yeah, you're just going to come with me to this Christmas party. And we're, we're just going to pretend to be a couple, but then Unexpectedly, we will fall in love. Okay, here's another one. This one, kind of, this one kind of looks like very sci-fi-y. There's like a train. There's a conductor. There's like space magic here. Okay, let's see what this one's about. Ooh, space magic. This one is uh, is called About Next Stop. Chris, or, or I'm sorry, Next Stop Christmas. That's what it's called. <laughs> the description. Angie is determined to spend Christmas alone, but her usual commuter ride turns into a Christmas train that drops her off in her hometown in 2011. (laughs) Okay, wait, so it drops her off in her hometown, but years before. Yes. It sounds like a... One of my favorite movies that I watch every Christmas is just friends and he ends up back in his like hometown but it's there you know it's not back in time or anything it seems like a less funny version of that i uh, that's kind of what i'm getting getting out of it too okay i got one more before we move on (laughs) this one's called a kiss before christmas when nice guy Ethan casually wishes his life had taken a different course, he wakes up the next day to find nothing is the same. He's not married to his wife, Joyce. He doesn't have two teenage kids, and his CEO of his and he's CEO of his company. If he wants to reclaim his original life and the family he loves, he must convince Joyce he's telling the truth and win her over 
and he only has until Christmas Day. Now this this is this is exactly what I was describing earlier. There's like tension going on, and so they get like separated. And then there's a random ghost with magic that shows up, and they're like, "Oh, you're you need to need to learn the true meaning of Christmas," and that's what's going on here. So like seventeen again, but Christmas themed. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh boy, we've gone off the rails in the 15 minutes of the show already. <laughs> Take well, that, rest know. of Hockey Podcast Network. Nobody else is going to dare touching, going to bring up Hallmark Christmas movies except for us. Hey, I had to get it off my chest after reading all of those, after reading all of those wedding um, cards, someone needed to know about the fact that there needs to be new ones. Um... You know, maybe there's a Mr. Deeds out there, and in the end of that movie, he that's what he does is he would always, like, write cards and then send them into Hallmark and hope that they will, you know, be an actual Hallmark card. Um, I don't know if you can actually do that, but maybe there's someone out there that's listening that can actually make a card that is of quality that doesn't sound freakishly horrendous. Maybe we need to begin our own uh, our own company. We absolutely do. That's that's what we need to do. It, it'll be a sporty card company. <laughs> Branching out the podcast into other things. Exactly. Um, I would like to point out that goaltending so far has been very solid. Uh, there was a breakaway that Vimalka just saved. And then a solid rebound after that he just saved as well. So um, good things from Vimalka so far. Uh, there's still 348 left in the first, though. So there's still time to lose it. Just saying. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're getting outshot 10 to 4 against the Kings right now as we're recording in the first period, like you said, with about three and a half minutes to go. So... Um, Speaking of the Coyotes, it's been good for the Coyotes of late, which we didn't really expect, in that they have won two out of three games, and they have points in all three of those games, and they actually and they were some nice wins and some good and some good performances over the last three games. Hopefully it rolls over to the rest of tonight's game too. But it kind of starts with uh, a lot of it has to do with Scott Wedgwood, who was like, who's dealing out there. Yeah, he was one of my top three takeaways um, from that game that went into overtime that was the shootout loss. It was a really, really fun game to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm trying to remember what night that was. Was it, was that Thursday night? Um it was a really fun game to watch and it was nice to just see them be able to compete again. Um, but yeah, so a couple, I had tweeted out a couple good takeaways after that shootout loss. Great showing from Wedgwood. Chikrin seems to be getting a swag back and the Yotes stayed in the game and kept it competitive throughout. It, you know, they definitely didn't hold any type of lead or really just be able to um, really solidly move forward with it, but at the same time, um, so this was this was the scoring in that game. It was it was against 
the Blue Jackets. So it was Ryan Dezingle and that had scored first in the first period. And then it was uh, Boone Jenner had scored right after. So then it was 1-1. And then second period, Phil Castle followed by Boone Jenner and Justin Danforth. So they were down by one goal there. They And then they came right back and um, tied it up with Lawson Krause. Into the third period, they were down again um, when Zach Wierenski scored. And then Jacob Chikrin scored to tie it up. And there was so much fight in them that I hadn't seen them for such a long time. Um, like I said, I was finally starting to see old Jacob Chikrin come back in that game. Um, he really was a standout by the point he had gotten to that third period. So it was a lot of things that we were really wanting and needing to see. Uh, his uh, his shootout goal was was great as well. He just basically, you know, there there was a couple of people that tried to go five hole and really didn't do well at it. And he really just took it slow and, and shot it straight five hole and, and was able to score there. So he looked really great and really confident out there. And that was a, a solid takeaway from that game. And it was really just kind of a solid takeaway from where he's been going from here. I don't know if this team has really kind of gotten to a point of, of they finally feel comfortable um, if they feel comfortable with the fact that Wedgwood is keeping them in some of these games, but they are finally starting to turn to a point where we thought they were going to be, which is they could be surprisingly good and have these somewhat competitive games, which is what I was hoping for because of the fact that this team really can't afford to just be shitty. What's odd enough, though, is attendance has been pretty solid for a team that has been playing so terribly previously. So um, maybe I was wrong on that, but this team, I think, if they keep going on this level where they are staying in these games competitively, but, uh, you know, they need to start losing some of them. Sorry to tell everyone, but they need to start really getting competitive in these games and then just kind of tanking them at the end in order to lose them, but still making them fun games to watch to keep the audience in it. But at the same time, still having the tank on. Yeah. You know, that's, I think it's been kind of surprising with how competitive they've been lately. Cause I wasn't expecting them to be as competitive as they've been this year, but it brings up something that we've, kind of mentioned about previously which is when you have a team with a lot of guys who are playing for their future in the NHL you're going to have a lot of guys who want have something to prove and have something to play for and that's something that you can't say for a lot of teams that might be tanking with a raw with and it, for other teams who are in the tank right you're talking about teams that are super super young and in this case the Coyotes are not a super super young team they they have so many older veteran guys right and you were kind of talking about a few there like you know ryan zingle's been around andrew ladd has been around right um anton stroman who's out of the lineup tonight been around like a lot of these guys have been around not to mention phil kessel obviously of course you know johan larson right all these guys have, have been around the block for for a bit now and um so this isn't a young team it's a team that 
has been around the league and they're all playing for the next contracts and next next places in the NHL. And when that happens sometimes, well, yeah, maybe you can surprise and be competitive. But I think you're right, kind of going back to what you first said, is that um, when you're getting surprise performances from Scott Wedgwood, it, it, it helps a lot, especially, right? And it kind of gives you a little bit of confidence that you can hang around in games. Because if you go back to earlier in the season with Carter Hutton, they weren't doing that. When when Carter Hutton's playing as bad as he was, like, there's no chance, right? You're like, oh, screw this. What are we doing here? But when you have, you know, Vimelka at times play as well as he has this year and you are and you keep your offense in games, that's a good thing. And, and hey, and now it's it's working out now for guys even like Jacob Chickren who – like you said, he's got four goals in his last – or, no, I'm sorry, four points in his last three games coming into the, the game against against L.A. And we, we've talked about him a lot recently, which is he needs to get it going. He's gotten it going now. And like you said, you know, he looked like the Jacob Trickern of old, you know, in, in that game against – I think you said it was Columbus, right? And in that goal against Nashville, looked like the Jacob Trickern of old. And – um if he can get it going again, maybe he's the key to unlocking this team, you know, kind of surprising and playing spoiler a lot more often than we think. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that over the last few games when he's been playing a little bit better and been able to score more, you know, get on the score sheet, the Cowboys have been successful, you know, and, and getting those couple of wins. And that's, and that's a good thing. I think another big takeaway from this too, which is something that me and you have been harping on quite a bit, was um, it. First of all, our condolences to the Blues. I don't know how they always seem to be able to be defeated by the Coyotes. It just happens so consistently um, that we apologize. Even when the team sucks, they still beat the Blues. But. Um, there were two goals by Barrett Heaton in that game, and uh, one of them was unassisted in the fact that uh, he was a- Thomas had kind of just skated by the puck a little bit. He thought he picked it up on his um, stick hand. Uh, Heaton got around him and started taking the puck to the net. Thomas came back. He kind of had a muscle around him in order to uh, score that goal, but he was able to score an unassisted goal in the second period of that game against the blues. And then he was also able to score a power play goal. That was the, uh, you, that was the game winner. So is nice. Actually, it is extraordinary to be able to see actual production out of Barrett Hayden. And the fact that he had two goals in that game is, uh, the first promising thing we've seen out of him. I would say in, in a long time, maybe even ever. I just, there's a, a couple of times that he has played where I, I thought, you know, there's significant progression in him, but um, this is the first game that we've actually seen solid production out of him. Yeah, and this is, yeah, again, Barry Hingham was a guy who I, I, I think both you and I didn't think he should be in the lineup at the NHL level this year and good for him. You know, that's, he needed that in the worst way possible. And I'm trying to look up this stat cause I thought I saw this stat from the Coyotes PR staff, which is that Barrett Hayton was like one of the youngest players in Coyotes history to score 
two goals in a game. Yeah, here we go. Barrett Hayton, age 21, 160 days, is the youngest Coyote to score two goals in a game since Clayton Keller, then age 21, 159 days, on January 4th, 2020. And it was, of course, Barrett Hayton's first multi-goal game as well. So that's good. Good for him. Only sports would ever put an age together like that as if someone was the same thing as a baby. You know, when someone asks how how old your baby is, that's how it almost kind of sounds. But as cool as that stat is, one game we've got to see continued solid hockey sense and production out of him to really know for sure that he is living up to the hype that he was supposed to be. I will remind everyone they he was not supposed to be picked where he was at. He was supposed to be a you know a few more spots back. So in order for him to be what he is set out to be and what you know Chaika's stat mind had in store for him, there's a lot more to be seen. It's just nice. So we're not saying that this is like the end all be all, but this is a nice, um, a nice start per se for him. And hopefully he can keep on growing this year and really be able to take that forward going into the coming seasons when he's really going to be needed. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's a big season for to, uh, of development for a lot of players. And again, this is the first step in development for a guy like like Barrett Hayton. So, um, yeah, it's been good news for the Cowboys lately. They surprised the crap out of me because I will tell you, Corey, that I I was like, hey, you know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't bet a lot of money on a game in a long time. I, I had some money in my DraftKings account, right? And I was like, hey, you know what? The Blues absolutely lambasted the Coyotes earlier this year, 7-4. to four. Remember the Blues scored like four goals in the span of two minutes or something like that during that game? I was like, you know what? I don't think the Coyotes are going to be able to beat the St. Louis Blues on the road in St. Louis. And so I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to empty out my DraftKings account and I'm going to bet on the Blues to win this game. And good on the Coyotes for winning – but they did cost me some money. So I just want to put that out there. And again, Sporting Nation, if you are a a, uh, a sports better out there and you haven't yet signed up for DraftKings, you can go do that right now. You just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use the promo code THPN. And by doing that, you can bet just $1 on any NHL game, and you can win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter how it's scored. You can get a bunch of free bets. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use the promo code THPN, $1 on any NHL game, and yes, it's $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN and DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, the other thing 
Richie, and which, by the way, too, I had bet on who was going to score the first goal in that Columbus game. And I definitely uh, did not have Ryan Dezingle on my bingo card. So um, definitely lost money on that one because I bet on so many different people. I was like, ah, one of them has to score, right? Mm-hmm. No, not who I had on my bingo card. So got screwed out of that one. But um, I did bet on some Coyotes players. He's just not the one that I, I bet on. So um, one of the other things that is going to come into all of this and, you know, has always been an issue of the Coyotes anyways, even, um, you know, in in the plans um, and the bubble era and, and last season and so forth. They have never really been good when it comes to looking on shots at goal. Shots on goal. And uh, if you look at these last three games here, um, the one against St. Louis, 23 to 36 in favor of St. Louis, uh, 46 to 29 in favor of Columbus, and... 34 to 29 in favor of Detroit. There, I don't think, unless Vimelka becomes a lot more consistent, we can maybe see in this game, um, I don't really see them being able to stay in games that are, um, that are, you know, really that in a lot of games because of the fact that defensively they are playing really terribly. Um, Wedgwood, we have definitely seen a lot of, um, a lot of good that's come out of him so far this season. Uh, Vimelka had, there's been some good, some bad, some in the middle, but that is going to be a big factor on whether the Coyotes are going to be able to stay in these games because um, they can, They've proven now that they have an ability to score, but they have an even larger ability to be scored on. So going forward, that is going to be the thing that I would love to see is at least even a slight increase in defense just to see that there is possibility there because there are some players that will be around Going forward, not a ton, but there will still be some. So it would be nice to be able to see defensively them be able to progress a little bit now that we've actually seen that they have scoring ability. Yeah, and if you go into the analytics of some of those numbers you were kind of hinting at, the Coyotes are dead last in the NHL in terms of expected goals for percentage. Their expected goals for for percentage is 40.89% percent which is four percent worse than the next closest team which is the philadelphia flyers which is insane to me uh and then you go and you look at their possession numbers too which is you know you look at your um your your courses and your finwicks and that number um coyotes also kind of coming in very low in the league at 46.17 percent which isn't the worst number in the entire league which is kind of wild to me, and then you go look at their shots for percentage this year, which, as bad as you say it was, is still not the worst. The Blackhawks, Rangers, and Senators are the three worst teams in the NHL in terms of 
shots for percentage. So, I, yeah, I think you're right. It's one of those things that's like not sustainable. However, how many years have we seen that from this Coyotes team, even when they were good with Darcy Kemper, right, where he was getting most of the bulk of the work all night and the Coyotes were still winning games thanks to him and thanks to Auntie Ranta too on a lot of nights too. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's not all that going to be all that sustainable, but, hey, for this little stretch of games, it's, a, it's good. I dig it. Yeah, it's just nice to be able to see fun hockey again. I think everyone just got into a lull, as we kind of did. Everyone kind of got into a lull of just seeing this team be so bad. It was like, what's the point? You know, the team was just going through the motions. Um, Everyone was just going through the motions at a certain point. And now we're finally in a point where people are engaged again because of the fact that they're making these games competitive. They're not just being walked all over anymore. And that to me is a big deal because even when you have a losing season as you are going to have now to be able to still make it entertaining is everything. That is the whole point. As I've said before of what sports is, it is an entertainment industry in and in and of itself. So you need to make these games entertaining. And, you know, in the, you know, in a couple of the games recently, there's, there's been a few tussles back and forth and whatnot too, which is making these games more exciting and reasons for people to want to go and watch them and be able to watch them on TV and find ways to watch these games because it's slightly difficult as fuck in order to watch them but um you know giving people a reason to really care is the whole point behind this and um one thing that's uh it was actually kind of a emotional for me to watch the video on because I was at a a wedding last night so I was in our on Saturday night so I wasn't able to actually watch the game, but I had watched, um, you know, some of the videos later of the team honoring uh, Matt Schott on their Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and uh, god damn, most deserving man to be um, pointed out and honored and being able to do the ceremonial puck drop. He has done so much for development of hockey in Arizona and just is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet and is just a ton of fun. He was one of my favorite people to run into around the rink and um, around the arena. And I just, you know, I feel for him going through this process. And if there's anyone that deserves that, it it is certainly him to be acknowledged like that because, uh, Damn, what a what a shitty card that he has been dealt. And the fact that everyone banned behind him like this is honestly one of the most beautiful things that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and the fact that they won that game for him and on an emotional night, like you remember back to, to last year, you know, on, on hockey fight, or last time, you know, they had hockey fights cancer night and they were honoring uh, Leighton Accardo, right? And you remember how emotional that game was for 
for the team, for fans, for everybody there. You, I feel like that was the same way here with with, uh, with Matt Shot and and I think you can tell just how beloved he is by his players, right? With the Kachinas and in other in you know other uh, the uh, um, around the around the the state in terms of um, youth hockey here meant a lot to a lot of people and um and he's continuing you know there was an article here from from jose romero and craig morgan had a write-up to it with at phnx and it was talking about how like he didn't want to stop working while he was going through treatment like he wanted to still coach his his girls and his kids and his, and his players <coughs> in fact um jose romero brings up in his story that last weekend he was in Detroit with the Kachinas. And so he was still traveling with the team despite going through chemotherapy and despite fighting this, this disease, despite battling, you know, bile duct cancer is what he's battling. Um, in case you didn't know about that. Um, and again, they, there's some really cool stuff with, you know, Andre Torini inviting him out to practice and, 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 and Matt being able to take, take part in that and, be on the ice with the team. <clears throat> it's a great story. And, um, and we wish all the best to, to Matt as he continues to battle this fucking stupid ass disease. Um, and it's unfortunate that the shot families had to go through this before. Um, Matt shots, father, Chuck, who was instrumental in, in youth hockey here as well. Uh, he died of lung cancer back in 2015. So um, for the team to come through for Matt like that on a night like that was was truly awesome, and uh, all the best to Matt as he continues to fight cancer, and and uh, hopefully he beats this beats this thing, and he's still coaching the Kachinas, still coaching around the, the state for years and years to come. Because again, he means so much to the hockey development here in the state of Arizona, and <clears throat> he's one of those, uh, you know, Corey, you mentioned it before on the show that like. The community of, of hockey here is so tight-knit that I feel like most hockey people have met Matt Shot at some point in time or have had dealings with him, including yourself. Um, I have never had the chance to meet him, unfortunately, but a lot of people have. And, uh, again, uh, we're rooting for you, Matt, and uh, kick cancer's ass, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, our great friend, uh Catherine Silverman is uh, very close with him, talks to him all the time. And, you know, when I had first found out about everything, she was actually the person that I went to to get all the information from because I haven't um, I haven't seen him since I uh, haven't been working for the team. So um, it is just extraordinary all the things he's done for the Kachinas and all of the growth down there and the growth throughout hockey in general. You know, he he's been part of the uh, Coyotes hockey development for a long time now. And a lot of that involves him being out in the community all the time on behalf of the Coyotes and um, trying to grow the game around the entire state. So he has done so much and uh, is such a, a passionate person when it comes to hockey and passionate person about life. And so we wish him the absolute best and, so glad that everyone can support him and whatnot. It was, uh, it definitely meant a lot to him. You could see the emotion on his face as he was dropping the puck 
and that in itself is so beautiful and uh you know if uh, it's always a really terrible time when someone has to go through this but i'm glad he was able to have such a beautiful moment during such a rough time for him yeah, and again, you can go check out all the Coyote social media platforms to, if you didn't get a chance to watch the tribute video to him or any of the, the content. Um, you know, Corey, you were mentioning to me that prior to the game tonight, they were showing Clayton Keller's post-game press conference for after the after the Hockey Fights Cancer game. Where oh, my God, Clayton that Keller, was rough to watch. Yeah, where Clayton Keller, you know, scored the game-winning goal there. And he Clayton Keller, who – you know, I've interviewed him before, and I wouldn't consider him the most interesting person in the world. But to get that much emotion from Clayton is is kind of tough to do. And but to see him get emotional talking about his grandfather, it it was uh, it it was uh, it was it was kind of a a tough watch, I think, in a way. But but I'm glad Clayton was able to you know, be able to do that for, for his grandfather and score that goal and, and be able to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a rough watch. And, you know, it showed how much all of it really meant to him. And I think that's a, a big thing about all of it. I, if there is, there are, are plenty of things in the NHL's where the NHL is concerned, basically, that need to be updated and there needs to be more um, human personal touches to things. But some of the nights that they have, like Hockey Fights Cancer Night, you know, cancer affects everyone and it affects everyone in a lot of different ways. And so the fact that they have nights like that is such a big deal because of the fact that it really is, um, it really is something that is somewhat therapeutic for everyone, and it allows everyone to show a ton of support. So, um, between the two, if you want to grab a box of tissues and watch both of those, then go for it. But know that both were very emotional to watch and to move on from that before we start getting emotional over here. Um, we're going to talk about something that is not emotional at all, but is more baffling, I guess you could say, in the fact that the Coyotes are still fighting with Sky Harbor Airport over um, you know, their $1.7 billion proposal that calls for hotels, apart- apartments, a theater, in a shopping and dining uh, area on 46 acres of city-owned land there in Tempe. And as the FAA does not have a problem with it, but Sky Harbor still does. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't have to dive too deep into this um, on, on this particular show. Cause it's so far out, but again, the counties are, you know, they're saying that um, according to the FAA, this, everything is, is meeting exactly everything that needs to happen in order for this to meet regulations as far as the FAA is concerned. And the, the counties bring, or bring up here that, you know, Chase Field is 
going to be just as tall as anything they're building at this proposed location. And it's closer to the airport than the Coyotes development will be. Right. And there are other condominiums next to the ballpark. that are just as tall that are perfectly fine when they were reviewed by the FAA. So again, I feel, I don't know why sky Harbor is so adamantly against this type of thing. I don't, I don't understand it. So uh, two things before you wrap up the show. One, we are bringing back the Tankathon NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. We haven't done this, I feel like, in two months. It was meant to be a weekly occurrence, but we've forgotten about it. Corey reminded me after the show last week, so we're gonna we're gonna do it now. Okay, we're gonna sim the lottery and see where the Coyotes wound wind up. The last time we did this, the Coyotes, I believe, wound up third. And the Blackhawks ended up number one. So, here we go. I am going to press Sim Lottery. The Coyotes, obviously the worst worker in the NHL right now at eight points. And a 16.6% odds of winning the lottery. So, here we go. Simming the lottery. And... Fucking A. God damn it. 0 for 2, ladies and gentlemen. 0 for fucking 2. God damn. What a... What bullshit. Um... Number one overall, according to the simulator, ladies and gentlemen, the Montreal Canadiens. Number two, the Chicago Blackhawks. And once again, fucked all the way down to number three, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, sounds about right. I mean, and of, and of course it's a Canadian team that's number one, which uh, it, didn't we all make a joke now that uh, – all of the Canadian teams are all just going to play in Quebec now. They're all just going to move to Quebec, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, all of the Canadian Quebec uh, teams, you know, they always end up somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm going to say this now. Coyotes fans do not get too excited when it comes to the draft. The Coyotes could do everything in their power to tank. Still not get the number one pick. It is part of being a Coyotes fan. It is just as my dad had always said to me as a Vikings fan. Expect disappointment. It's bound to happen. And that's how I feel with the Coyotes. Yeah, especially especially this year and especially in the draft lottery, as we've already learned previously. Coyotes, again, have never won the number one overall pick. However, the Edmonton Oilers have gotten it like five fucking times. So um, I think the Coyotes are finally due. Yeah, Canadian team. Swear to God. Yeah, oh, yeah, Toronto won it during the Austin Matthews year. That's, that's the thing. There, there are so many more teams in the States. But yet, all of a sudden, it always seems to go up to Canada. Where's my conspiracy music? Yeah. <laughs> Start it's the conspiracy rigged. music now. The draft lottery is rigged. Okay, um, let's get to our sporty question to wrap it up here today. I put it out. I said... And I don't know why I decided to ask this question, but it's fascinating. 
sporty question tonight is, would you rather be a rock star or an athlete? No question, rock star. No question. Why? That, because, for so many reasons. So I was, I was both growing up. I did a lot of stuff when it came to like music and instruments and all of that stuff. Um, I did all of that. And then I also played sports all the way through my life. So both of these um, apply very well to me. And um, when it comes down to them, I will tell you this. Athletes always have to be at like a peak point of their physical ability, right? You don't really get, you get like off times, right? But you don't really get off times. It's like, ah, uh, you've got like a couple months where you can somewhat chill, but you need to not really take too much time off because you need to be ready by the time the season comes. You have a very short window of actually being able to play whatever said sport is. Um, if you have a career ending injury, you're fucked. And then after that, you can either become, you know, um, like a color commentator or you can, um, I don't know, write a book or some shit. But a lot of times you need to be saving up that money for post-career because if you're not someone who's a really well-known athlete, then you don't... Um, then basically you don't have that star power to kind of ride off of. And then you end up going back into society as, as normal as anyone else would be. Um, but you usually by then have like a really expensive house and a really expensive car to pay for and all of that stuff. When you are a rock star, you can as long as you keep your career going, like you keep your, your fame, it can go as, for as long as you humanly want it to go. And then you also still always make money off those royalties. Um, you always will, you will always be a celebrity as we've seen. Um, not, not a rock star, but um, I mean, I guess you did have like, some music or something. I don't know. Lindsay Lohan all of a sudden came back and everyone's losing their shit, right? You know, she was gone for a while, but then she still is able to come back into it because of the fact that no one, no one really cares. She was famous and so she just stays famous. When you're an athlete and you take a hiatus off and you come back, um, they think there's something wrong with you and why did you do that? And it, it kills your brand as an athlete. There is so much more consistency in being a, a rock star than there is in being an athlete. I agree with you on pretty much every point. And that's why I, I chose rock star too. And your longevity is much longer in music for example, Rolling Stones, still touring. 50 plus, what, 50 years now, basically, for them, right? Elton John's been touring for 40 plus years, right? Um, we just had um, Rob Halford from Judas Priest on The Freaks, you know, this week. And they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. So, And they're still touring. 
and still kicking ass, still putting out, out albums after 50 years together as a band. So like the longevity there is insane. And then like, you can kind of like pick and choose, like when do you come, come back and when not to, and, and you can, you can, you get to travel the, the, the world and, and play in front of, you know, do stadium shows and, um, and you don't have to be in peak physical condition like you do if you're an athlete. And for the most part, if you're in music, you're not risking life-threatening injuries anytime you take. Yeah, you're not going to have CTE from being a musician. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unless, unless you're like, I mean, case in point, Keith fucking Richards. That guy is still alive. Allegedly. I mean, that's what, like, uh, damn, who's touring with them? The other day, Scotty and I were amazed to find out that Brett Michaels is doing a stadium tour with Poison, and Def Leppard, I, I think, is also in it, and someone else. I don't remember who else is in it, but they're doing, they're doing a fucking stadium tour. Going uh-huh. around... Filling up fucking stadiums, making money off that shit all these years later. And like, you know, outside of his, uh, uh, people like our age, outside of his, um, whatever that is, a reality love show contest, rock of love shit. And, uh, Mm -hmm. every rose has its thorn. You know, what do people really know about Brett Michaels anymore? Yet he's, Still performing in fucking stadiums. Right. Case in point. Exactly. Yeah, I like to see Shaq and and Charles Barkley sell out stadiums to watch them play basketball. (laughs) Yeah, they could could become part of the uh, Globetrotters. Yeah, this is true. This is true. (laughs) All right, well... We've been going for an hour now, so I feel like it's time to wrap up the show. God, that hour flew by. It absolutely did. And this game, I felt like, has been going, you know, it's really not been the most exciting game in the world. So I I felt like the game was going incredibly slow, but the podcast was going super fast. I don't even understand how that makes sense. everybody's the way they view time is different. Maybe we're just living in the matrix. Maybe that's what's going on. It probably is after this point, you know, after the whole Hallmark thing into this tonight, I don't even know what to expect. All I'm happy about is that this week is a, Oh, sorry. Okay. I should have scored that. Um, but I'm just happy that this week is a short week that we are going to be going into Thanksgiving. Are you making your pie? Of course I'm making my pie. Absolutely. I make it every year. Just going to make sure. Making sure that yes. something can happen. Yeah. Maybe I'll make I'll make multiple pies because I feel like this is a very popular pie and there needs to be some for more than just my family. Um, and I'll spread the wealth around to more, more people. Yes. The, the one of the people in the more people approve. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. I think I think Cat has had a piece of the pie. I think. Well, if not, then she'll have to. You know, first well, time for everything. 
Yes, exactly. She'll have to try it then. <laughs> um, yeah, so I will make the pie. We'll see if anybody wants to try it. And they're going to like it because it's delicious. Corey can attest. Yeah, it, it's a good pie. It's a really good pie. I mean, uh, usually I'm the one that's baking things. And Richie is the one that's getting to enjoy all my baked goods. Which he will get to enjoy very soon here. We're heading into the holidays where I will not stop baking. Because I just have a weird thing about it. As soon as I get into like Christmas season, I am baking everything humanly possible which is not going to be good for me trying to get in shape for the wedding but so i guess it just means that i'll have to be sending more stuff to your house yeah hey yeah bring it on i'm all i'm all in i'm all in on it so uh who knows if you guys have suggestions out there for some new things for me to bake this year let me know because i feel like I need to change it up this year and then try something that's new. So um, tell me, Sporty Nation, what is your favorite holiday baked good that you enjoy? If you tell me a fruit cake, you will feel my wrath. (laughs) That's too funny. All right, Sporty Nation, thank you for listening to the show today. Um, We'll talk to you later. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. You probably won't have a new episode until next week. So enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the pies. Hopefully my pumpkin pie turns out good and the people enjoy it. I think they will. Good night. Good hockey, everybody.